Hey, everybody, I'm home. How was your first day at your new job, Daddy? Aw, oh, thanks for asking, honey. It was awesome. I wrapped up that Dan Brown novel while I waited an hour for somebody to take me to my new workspace. Oh, okay. That doesn't sound too great. No, it was fantastic, honey. I got to explore the office supply room since I needed a chair, and then I honed my housekeeping skills when I packed up the belongings that were left behind and disinfected my phone. Well... Did they at least give you a welcome gift? Of course they did. There was a company coffee mug left right on my desk. And after some soap and a quick rinse, it was good to go. Hey, there's a silver lining. Yeah, I was even able to catch a few Zs. The stacks of reading material and company policies kind of knocked me out. But it wasn't like anyone came by to check on me or say hello. Well... At least you're working for a tech company. Yeah, I can't wait to see the laptop I'll get. It's supposed to come in next week. Employee onboarding. It's what we're talking about today. This is the Insights at Work podcast. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of the Insights at Work podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Livingston. This is the podcast that looks at what's happening in the HR world, takes your questions, and studies the research to help HR experts move forward. It's prepared by HR experts for HR experts. So your candidate has signed on the dotted line and everyone is excited for them to start. The job of recruiting and hiring is done. Or is it? Today we're talking about Employee onboarding. For me, it's an important process for the HR professional to help set their new employee up for success. So how do we ensure the dinner conversation goes well after your new hire's first day? Well, let's find out with the insights from today's special guest, ADP Executive HR Relationship Manager, Donna Coop. Donna, thanks for coming on the podcast. For those who maybe haven't seen your webinars or heard you speak at HR conferences, why don't you fill them in a little about yourself? Thanks, Jeff. It's great to be here. My love for travel and people is really what attracted me to a career in HR in the first place. I landed my first gig in the tourism industry where I spent 12 incredible years learning and growing. Since then, I've worked with some outstanding organizations across professional services, consumer packaged goods, and the healthcare industries before joining ADP in 2016. What a great first impression, Donna. We're lucky to have you here today. You and I have worked on a few projects together. In fact, we created an employee onboarding guide, which listeners can download on our podcast platform. And we presented this topic at a few national HR conferences. So I've been really looking forward to when we were able to create a podcast about it. And look, here you are now. Now, Donna, talking about first impressions, you only get one chance to make a great one. It's a saying that I'm sure we're all familiar with. And with so many companies and recruiters vying for a candidate and a new employee's attention, I think the saying is now more relevant than ever. Donna, let's start with me asking you, why is onboarding so important? Why don't we start with what happens if you don't have a good onboarding program? You know, according to a recent Mercer study, average employee turnover rate is at 21%. This can signal trouble for employers. High turnover rates cause lack of stability, low morale and engagement. 
Then there's also the cost burden that comes with having to constantly recruit, hire, and train new people. And it can be extremely difficult to foster loyal, engaged, and productive employees. However, onboarding can be a key element to an organization's success, and it should be given priority right from the start. Yeah, great point, Don. I suppose not having a strong onboarding program is just setting the company up to fail. I mean, without strong onboarding, staff might leave prematurely. That's going to create a void. That increases the workload of existing staff, and it adds to what might already be a stressful environment. Yeah, you absolutely nailed it on that one, Jeff. Onboarding really is a fundamental way for companies to integrate new employees into their culture, introduce core values, and share all of that essential information that's going to support them in becoming productive members of their team. Turnover rates will diminish significantly if employees are engaged and feel valued. A staggering 69% of workers are more likely to stay with a company for three years if they undergo a robust onboarding experience. And while some employers might view onboarding as simply a day one activity, it really should extend much further than that. Yeah, absolutely, Don. It's a long-term process and companies need to show that they can deliver what they've promised in the recruitment phase. I mean, we've all seen those companies who woo candidates with promises of ping pong tables and wine Wednesday. But at the end of the day, if that new employee experiences a poor onboarding process, they're not going to see and they're not going to feel the values that they were promised during that recruitment phase. And you know what? They're going to leave. I wonder if rather than touting that you can bring your dog to work, Donna, do you think, is it more important to show that you've got this great engaged culture for the employee to start bonding with during that employee onboarding process? Mm, Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, companies can definitely fall short when they don't create that bond and personal connection between themselves and the new employee. The key here is to strengthen that emotional bond between each new hire and your organization. And it really all begins with your organizational commitment to a series of firsts. And by that, I mean the first day on the job, the first time meeting the manager and coworkers, first work projects, and first opportunities for the new hires to showcase their talents with their new team. You know, unlike employee orientation, which is typically a one to two day experience, employers need to think about employee onboarding as a longer term holistic process that facilitates the employer and employee to be in sync regarding things like goals, responsibilities, job scope, and expectations for delivery. Also, employers should never overlook the fact that employee onboarding is a huge branding opportunity for their company. Your employment brand is your employee's perception of you as their employer. And the more attractive that your branding is, the more likely you are to attract and retain top talent. That's why it's so essential to consistently communicate and demonstrate the company's mission, vision, and values from recruitment through to the onboarding process. Donnie, you know, I always think about, we've seen studies uh, over the past few months and definitely more now during the pandemic where Canadian workers are saying values are more important to them 
now more than ever. Do you think that, I mean, because I remember when I was recruited for my roles, you know, 15, 20 years ago, that never came up. Somebody didn't ask me. They didn't want to know how my own personal values aligned with the companies. Do you think we're seeing a lot more of that now? You know, I don't know if we're seeing more of it or if we're just more aware and people are talking about it more. But absolutely, I mean, I, you know, people want to feel a real connection in the work that they're performing. They want to be able to be proud of it and they want to align themselves with whatever their personal values are at work. Um, you know, especially in this day and age, that line between work and play and home life, it's very much blurred and um, integrated. So absolutely, I, I definitely say it's a bigger part of the conversation now more than ever. Yeah, I would agree with that. And definitely our studies are showing that, that that's a lot more important. Now, unlike employee orientation, which is often a single day experience, I always think of employee onboarding as a longer term experience that allows the employer and employee to be in sync regarding goals, responsibilities, expectations. Can you fill us in on what's the difference between orientation and onboarding? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I um, alluded a little bit to this earlier, but, you know, onboarding really is seen as a one time kind of event, whereas onboarding is that holistic, ongoing process to really integrate someone into your organization. And orientation, typically, you know, it's it's maybe in the first week, a couple of days or an entire week of activities, which is great. But onboarding is usually three months and up to a year, depending on the position and the scope of responsibilities. Um, from an orientation perspective, typically this is something that's managed by either HR or a senior manager type initiative, whereas onboarding really is a collective um, shared responsibility with HR, management, new employees, mentors, colleagues, etc. And orientation is often uh, one-way information. So it's providing people with the information that they need, whereas onboarding is truly a collaborative experience. It involves many conversations and feedback uh, with the employee and others along the way. And when you think about orientation, it's really mostly structural information that's not customized to the individual, whereas onboarding truly is specific to the employee's role and their responsibilities. And the plan is tailored for them and their needs. And then last but not least, you know, with an orientation program, employees are considered a new hire. Whereas onboarding, once you reach, um, you know, the final completion stage, the employee really is considered integrated into the organization as well as their work role. Donna, those are great examples that really differentiate what the difference is between orientation and onboarding and just how much more intensive and how much more lengthy in time onboarding is. Now at ADP, we have this, it's a pretty unique process and it's called NANO. And I consider that our orientation process. NANO stands for New Associate 
network onboarding, and it lasts for an employee's first three days. So rather than having me give away all of our secrets, I'm going to leave that up to you, Donna. Donna, can you fill the listeners in just a little bit about what Nano's all about? Yeah, absolutely. Nano is really a great introduction to the organization as a whole. And uh, again, it's part of the onboarding process. I'd consider Nano, yeah, more of that orientation piece. It's managed uh, by HR and they have a variety of different senior leaders and other guests that come. And uh, like it says in the name, network uh, with the new employees. Tell them about the business units and the various different uh, activities that occur across the organization so that employees can really get a good feel for the company the different business units, how we work together and uh, really start, um, you know, earning that special place in an employee's heart. Yeah, absolutely. Donna, you talked about the importance of creating that connection between the new employee and the company. And that's exactly what Nano does. For sure. And the other great thing about it is often uh, senior leaders will share a story about themselves, how they got to where they are, um, you know, uh, pre and uh, during ADP and, and how their career um, came to blossom. And I think those are really great stories to share, especially for new employees, because then they can see career pathing opportunities and uh, what might lie ahead for them. Donna, often there might seem to be an onboarding tug of war that takes place between the hiring manager and the HR team. So let me ask you this. Who owns the onboarding process? <laughs> I love that visual on the tug of war. Uh, absolutely. You know, human resources, they might own the design and also facilitate parts of the onboarding program, but it honestly is a collective effort. And I, I did mention this briefly before, but other company resources from, you know, benefits to training, they should all contribute to an employee's onboarding experience. And, uh, you know, when you really think about it, the hiring manager in particular plays a significant role. They set the stage for success or failure for the new employee by establishing the culture and climate within the team, assigning tasks, as well as setting the tone for communication and cooperation. Okay, Donna, so we've established that employee onboarding is long-term and it's a shared responsibility between the hiring manager and HR. Let's get into some tactics. Now, to ensure that everything runs smoothly on day one, well, it means that work has to be put in before the employee starts. So what are some of the things the hiring manager and the HR team can start implementing with their onboarding program before the employee starts on day one? Great question, Jeff. You know, one thing about HR professionals, I think we all have the same thing in common is that those wonderful organization traits. And you do, you really have to pre-plan. This is a big, significant event that's happening. So, you know, what needs to happen before an employee starts? Well, simply basics. Start with building an employee file. 
Um, you know, whether it's electronic or whether it's the old fashioned paper route. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's going to include things like their resume, letter of employment, uh, completed tax forms, um, the any acknowledgements for manuals or policies, um, payroll contact sheet, and of course, um, records of their background checks, etc. So then the next thing you're going to want to do is put the employee on the payroll software in accounting. Contact the employee, you know, within the week before their start date. You want to welcome them and review some of the basics, such as what's the start time on day one? Uh, what's the regular work hours, dress code? Where should they park their car or store their bicycle if that's how they choose to get to work? And a really important element is announcing the new hire's arrival to your team. So it should be to the, their immediate team first. And then if you send out any global type announcements, then those would come next. And be sure to include the person, uh, maybe as a BCC if it's a personal email address that you have, um, just so that they can see what's happening behind the scenes. And then prepare the employee's workspace, so including any tools, equipment, or other necessary uh, and useful items that they'll need to get started on day one. Okay, so the big day's finally arrived and the new employee is heading into the office. Usually on my first day, I'm the first one on because, well, I'm pretty jazzed about starting something new. And looking back, while well, that eagerness has probably thrown a wrench or two into the plans of HR. Now, Donna, what are those important series of firsts that need to take place on day one? Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. And I love that story about showing up early because everyone's excited to start a new job. It's kind of like the first day of school, right? So that's why it is so critical to let them know in advance when they should be there and when the doors might open because regardless of what time, they're probably still going to show up early. So greet, have someone greet the employee at reception. Um, or whatever the designated uh, meeting spot is. Accompany them to their work area and make sure that everything that they have is working effectively. Give them access to any of the tools that they might require, um, you know, account information, keys, that sort of thing. Um, introduce them to their immediate team, uh, colleagues, mentor, and then do a tour of the department and you want to point out all of the common areas, important things like the lunchroom, bathrooms, supplies, storage, etc. And then you're probably going to set up an initial meeting to go over things like policies, compensation programs, benefits, work schedules, um, you know, explain the job in more detail, what the expectations are, um, and you know, if you haven't already done so, maybe you're going to invite them to a lunch and start that on the job training and coaching. All great tips, Donna. Now, not everyone starting is always a new employee. What about onboarding for staff who've been away on a mat leave or a sabbatical? What are some great tips about reintroducing those employees back to the workplace after they've been gone a little while? Yeah, that's a really great point to bring up. And um, it's something that also could be overlooked, you know. Um, 
our leaves are getting much longer when it comes to parental, maternity leave, those sorts of things, and a lot can change in that time. And the new hire onboarding process can be applied to re employees returning to work. Update them on what's changed, what hasn't. Uh, get them reacquainted with the job, their colleagues. There might be changes to benefits and programs, revised health and safety guidelines and other pertinent things that they need to know. So, you know, any changes, big or small in the team's makeup, uh, will help them feel like they haven't missed out on too, too much as long as you inform them. Donna, we all know what an exit interview is, and it usually takes place when it's too late. It's after the employee has made the decision to leave. I read an article in a recent Harvard Business Review, and it focused on something called the entrance interview. And for the most progressive companies out there, it's become part of their onboarding process. Donna, can you fill the listeners in on what an entrance interview is and your experiences around them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It was a really great article. Um, many of us, you know, do have unanswered callings at work. So these are passions that we didn't get to pursue in our career. So whether it was that we lacked the talent or maybe just the opportunity, landing in a different career doesn't necessarily make these passions go away. So, you know, why not leverage the new employee and their passions to build out engagement as well as loyalty? And that can be achieved with conducting that entrance interview. So it's really about exploring ways that managers can customize experiences for their people, uh, enable them to do work that they enjoy and help them to play their, to their strengths. It might also be carving a path for career development that accommodates personal priorities. Um, you know, maybe they'll enjoy technology and building their network like you've done, Jeff, with the Insights at Work podcast. If I remember correctly, that wasn't part of your original job description either. Yeah, you're right. It was something new that we wanted to try when the pandemic hit and it's been paying off in dividends. I think I'm the person who benefits the most from it because I get to learn from all these great experts like you that we have on all the time. That's awesome. Well, and you know, managers can do the same with their new employees. So sitting down in that first week and asking them about favorite projects that they've done, um, moments when they've felt the most energized and exciting about at work, and any passion that they have outside the workplace. And once armed with that knowledge, managers can build engaging roles right from the start. Managers should be talking to employees about their schedules outside of the office and how you can support their activities. You know, you might have um, an individual that has to take their daughter to work. Uh, or to school, sorry, every day. And that's really important to her. And in her previous job, her boss always scheduled calls right at the same time. So she was never available to share that time with her children that she really cherished. So, you know, you, you really start to learn what's important to people doing these entrance uh, interviews. Donna, I couldn't agree more. I really think it's up to the managers to design a job that's just too good for the employee to leave. And you can achieve that during the onboarding process through the entrance interviews. Donna, where can listeners get a hold of you? 
Well, I'm not too hard to find. Uh, I am uh, very active on LinkedIn. So listeners can certainly reach out to me uh, through LinkedIn, or they can also email me direct at donna.coop at adp.com. I would love to hear from anyone. Awesome. Now, Donna, is there anything impactful that we haven't talked about today that you wanted to share? Yeah, you know, uh, when I was, uh, if I think about this, HR covers all businesses with employees, regardless of size. And, you know, even though an organization may not warrant a full-time HR resource today, there's a variety of ways to power up your employment brand and instill great people practices at the ground level. So that could include outsourcing all or part of your HR function, uh, having an HR management company on retainer for ad hoc projects, or providing a career path opportunity to a passionate employee that already works with you. Yeah, that's a great idea about having that internal ambassador, that internal champion. Well, it also lends itself to you know, recruitment strategies and having an awesome internal pipeline as well. Yeah, you're definitely future-proofing your workforce when you're doing that. For sure. All right, Donna, are you ready to get to uh, the list of your five favorite things? Oh, well, this sounds like fun. Sure. Okay, Donna, number one, what is your favorite tool that helps you get things done? (laughs) Oh, my favorite tool. Well, you know what? If I'm thinking about work, um, I'm going to pick one that's been a bit of a love-hate relationship for me, but lately it's more of a love, and that's Excel. It is critical with a lot of what I do. I'm constantly updating data, et cetera, and uh, Excel gets the job done. Well, Donna, if I need anybody to help me out with a concatenate formula in Microsoft Excel, I'll know who to reach out to. (laughs) What is your favorite resource to go to for industry information? Well, I would say my favorite would be ADP's National Employment Report. If you haven't checked it out, I strongly encourage you to. Yeah, that's a good one. That is an excellent report. It comes out every month. It does. And it talks about the employment figures and what's happening with uh, Canada's economy. Yeah, that's a great, great resource. Yeah, across all industries, which is awesome. All right, Donna, what is the first concert that you ever attended? Hmm. Well, you know, I think it was Pink Floyd. It was a Pink Floyd concert in Vancouver. <laughs> wow. It was a flying pig that came through the through the stands as well. It was quite interesting. <laughs> That's awesome. And you remember all of the concert. I remember all of the concert, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is the best concert that you ever attended? Uh, That's a hard one, and I could probably pick a few, Jeff, but I'm going to, you know, um, I love Canadian music, and I'd have to say the best one was Tragically Hip's last tour. Oh, so patriotic. Yep, that was an excellent tour for sure. What is your favorite piece of advice that you'd give to a young professional just starting out? Oh, favorite piece of advice? I would say, you know what? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. It promotes growth and development. It keeps you humble. And it also sets a great example for others 
who are learning from you along the way. Well, Donna, I have learned so much from you today. I've taken so many notes and I just really appreciate the time that you set aside to join us today at the Insights at Work podcast. Oh, it was a huge pleasure, Jeff. Thanks so much. And with that, it looks like we've run out of racetrack. Thanks so much for listening to the episode. If you've enjoyed it, please share it with your friends and colleagues so they can benefit from it as well. If you find the Insights at Work podcast worthy, please go on to iTunes and give us a cool rating with a nice review. We certainly appreciate it. And if there's something that you would like me to discuss around this big world of HR and all things business, give me a shout. You know how to reach me on social media or through LinkedIn. In the meantime, stay healthy and be kind. We'll see you soon on the next episode of the Insights at Work podcast.